everyone, and welcome to season two of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. We're your host, Lauren, that's me, and Lachlan, that's the other one. That's right, and each week we're here to talk about a new chapter of Percy Jackson, The Olympians, The Sea of Monsters. We'll deep dive into the plot, the characters, emotionally charged memories the book brings up for us, and pretty much anything else that comes to mind. The Lightning Thief was a wild ride, and we're so excited to be back with Sea of Monsters. So grab your nectar and ambrosia and settle in for this episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. And don't worry, Lachlan, I remembered this time. My name is Lauren. <laughs> and I'm Lachlan. Uh, if you listened to the last episode, Lachlan got a little uh, scared that I had forgotten to introduce ourselves. I didn't get scared. It was more just like, huh, she forgot. Interesting. I did not forget. I was just changing it up. You mm-hmm. know, you got it. You got to be a little different each time. Keep the yeah, audience I suppose, guessing. I suppose. Keep the anyway. audience guessing on their toes. You got to engage them. <laughs> I hope you audience feel on your toes and engaged as we get into chapter nine. I have the worst family reunion ever. Ugh. So, yeah, I don't know. That's how you know that's going to be a fun chapter. What What are your thoughts on family reunions? Um, I mean, there 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 are nice and there there are positives and negative to it. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I am lucky enough where I've gotten along with uh, my family, and I do like hanging out with them and seeing them and. Mm-hmm. So where like a family reunion is fun and it's an and it's a chance to like see family members that I wouldn't see that often or I would mm-hmm. only see in that situation. Um, but it's more just like I'm lucky where I haven't I have a family who is there for me and supports me and they uh, like and trust me. So it's a very di- different situation from like what Percy's in or <laughs> what like other people may have. Yeah. So for me it's a positive, but I know it's not a positive for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of my family lives like fairly close to each other, or we see each other like pretty regularly. So careful, we don't listen to the podcast, huh? Careful what you say. Some of them listen to the podcast. Oh no, no, I love my cousins, and they know I do. <laughs> sup, sup, bros. Um, no, they they follow the podcast. They listen. They tell me about things. Um, so I wouldn't say we have family reunions per se. The only thing that would be considered a legit family reunion was fifth grade at my great grandmother's funeral (laughs) because that was the first time I met like like my grandmother's siblings and their descendants like that whole sorry the family I never really get a chance to interact with everyone like from my funerals and weddings yeah when you see which like but the last time my family got married was when I was like two yeah and and by age, I'm the next one. So, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it was, it's my aunt and then, and then me. Wow. So, no, yeah. My, um, my dad's family has an unofficial reunion where we just all go to the beach the same weekend every year. Oh, that's um, fun. And it's like hit or miss who comes, but it's, it's like a good chance to mm-hmm. see people. And then my mom's side has a uh, Christmas party every year Oh. where I see a bunch of them, which is mm-hmm. always kind of fun yeah but anyway mm-hmm. that's a lot of information about us let's <laughs> talk about Percy and specifically what there happened in the last chapter Lachlan yes 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 so last chapter chapter eight was it we board the princess Andromeda yes it was so they do that they make the decision Percy and Beth and Tyson to 
go on this unsanctioned quest to find the fleece, save Grover, because they don't trust anyone else to be able to do it themselves, specifically Clarice. So they ride some super cool hippo campi, get over to the boat. They don't see anyone. It's super creepy and weird. They sleep. Potentially for the last time, we're going to mark every time they mention that they sleep on this quest. So we know they slept this night where Percy's still having dreams about Grover and the danger he's in. Kronos is trying to manipulate Percy by getting him to hate his father because of the whole Tyson situation. And then they leave their cabins on the ship. The next morning, venture out, find there are in fact passengers on this boat, but they're all in a super creepy trance. And that is because the boat is actually overrun by monsters, which is not great. And just as they are about to decide to leave, they hear Luke's voice and hear essentially that they have some sort of creepy casket and it sounds super bad. Yeah. So yeah, so now they're going to go beat up uh, Luke, hopefully. Um, They've decided that they were, they were debating about staying on or leaving the, uh, uh uh the the ship but i guess they're going to stick with it um because trying to figure out what luke is doing is more important than finishing the quest which like i understand that but it's also a little like you know they're on a they're on a time sensitive quest um and i mean last last quest was time sensitive but this one i feel like is a lot shorter so we'll see how it works out but either way they're about to get started so they're heading well, out. Luke is also Luke is also part of the quest in that he is the one they're pretty sure that poison Thalia's tree in the first place. So what if he has other things planned that they need to know about that could or could affect he, what happens? He might just have the antidote. That is also true. What if he just casually has it on a shelf in his room on the ship and like, ah, oh, yes, we're good now. Wouldn't that be super convenient for them? Um, so they decide against splitting up. So they all go to follow Luke. Never split um, the party. Exactly. Um, they grab all their stuff. They um, make sure they got everything and they keep going. Uh, Tyson ends up carrying everything um, because he's big and strong and it makes it just makes it easier on Andrew and Percy <laughs> also. Yeah, um, well, I guess they're also like more trained with actually fighting. So yeah. it makes sense to have them be the fighters if, um, if it comes down to it. Oh yeah, so they uh, they follow Luke. Um, they end up at the uh, suite, and they end up hiding in a supply closet because there are people walking down the hall. Um, the people are talking about the fact that there was a uh, Ethiopian dragon in the cargo hold, and the other one is like, "Oh, that's awesome!" and Percy's like, "I recognize that voice, but I don't know what it's from." And once they leave, Annabeth says that's Chris Rodriguez from Captain Eleven. He was a undetermined dun, dun, dun. Yeah, he was an undetermined camper who had been at it stuck in the Hermes cabin because no one had ever claimed him. And Percy's like, oh I, I forgot that he I didn't even realize that he wasn't at camp this summer. Um so Luke apparently has been recruiting. So it's not just a Luke thing betraying and leaving camp. It's a on, it's 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 many many half bloods apparently, including yeah, it's a lot bigger than what they originally thought. Yeah. So, um, um, sorry. So uh, they keep walking and they end up at a glass wall looking down onto the ship, and they can see a dozen Lasterzonian giants, 
uh, hellhounds, and more creatures. Uh, they're uh, humanoid females with twin serpent tails instead of legs, which are called, as they called them, Scythian Dracanian, uh, dragon woman. Um, and they are, all these monsters are watching this dude in armor destroy this dummy that's wearing a Camp Half-Blood t-shirt, training this kid to not only kill, but kill Camp Half-Blood campers. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is the disemboweling practice that we heard about on the morning uh, announcement. Oh, yeah, it probably is. Yep. Um, so uh, they end up in front of the door, and Tyson can hear the voices inside, and Percy and I are like, well, we can't. Um, and Tyson closes his eye, concentrating, and all of a sudden, his voice switches into Luke's, and he starts repeating what Luke is saying. Um, and then when someone else responds, they recognize that person's voice. All, uh, that uh, Tyson's able to m- mimic that person's voice. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about uh, the fact that um, uh, Kyron is no longer at camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking about the prophecy that Clarice was given saying like they, the fools won't know which way to turn so it sounds like they're setting up yeah. there's some traps they're going to try to confuse everyone and since Kyron's not there to help them or advise them with what to do um, Annabeth but, is very creeped out by that she does not like the fact that he's mimicking these voices it freaks her out mm-hmm. and, I mean everything about Tyson uh, freaks her out but like that <laughs> really does Yeah. And, well it's like he's doing they're not even impressions like it's a perfect replica of their voices and that is that is very creepy that is creepy especially if you're not if you don't know that's something that he can do and just all of a sudden it just happens but um but luke also says some other stuff about kyron saying like they can't trust him especially with the skeletons in his closet so like what is this dark dark past dark secrets and it's weird because like you think of Kyron as like this clean cut cookie cutter uh, mm-hmm. uh, teacher, and apparently he's got a past. A pa- <laughs> Just a past. He has a past. a past. Oh my God. But yeah, so super creepy stuff. And then after Anne Beth is like kind of freaking out about the way Tyson's speaking, and Percy's like, no, 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 we got to keep going. What else are they saying? And then as Tyson picks it back up again and starts to say what's going on inside the room, they realize that unfortunately Luke has heard them outside arguing and has now sent out some people to grab the three of them. And so now they are flanked by hairy giants with javelins, the points of the javelins pointed right at them. And Luke's saying, well, if it isn't my two favorite cousins, come on in. Uh. So yeah, so they, they've now been captured. Great job, guys. You haven't been even gone really for like 12 hours. Yeah, seriously. Excellent they work. Did sleep. They did sleep, which was their first mistake. Yeah. Never sleep on a quest. Never sleep on a quest. <laughs> Never sleep on a quest. Yep. So now they're inside this state room, which is very nice, very like luxurious, pretty, all of that. Um, lots of food. But the problem with this space is that raised up on a dais in the back of the room is a 10 foot long casket. Uh, the, the concept of a 10 foot long casket is just very, very upsetting to me. It, it's too yeah. big. Yeah, no. It's concerning. Like, 
I mean, they had mentioned a casket before, but this yes. is more a but sarcophagus. Ten, ten foot. That yeah. is true. Yes. It's engraved yeah. with scenes of cities in flames and heroes dying. And it Percy describes it as it makes the whole room feel cold. So this isn't just a normal casket. And Seems a little know. sus. Exactly. And you yeah. gotta wonder what's in it. Yes. So Percy's noticing how Luke seems to have changed in this last year. How he's not looking like this cool, chill surfer dude. He's more like military in his appearance and almost looks like an evil male model. <laughs> like I, he's somehow gotten that, hotter, but like a more refined, like evil I, professional way. Yeah, it's described as fashionable college age villain was wearing to Harvard this year. And I yeah. love that because that's that's what he is. He is a um, for lack of a better term, you know, he's a white boy villain, you know? And that's and I do like that presentation of him in like the button down oh khaki pants, leather loafers, like hair clipped to style. Like it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. I yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Also, so it probably feeds into him where he wants to this feeling of importance. And he yeah. believes that this look conveys. He wants to look more feeling. mature. And yes. He wants to control. be respected and recognized. And this is a way for him to do that. And I, I sort of like that there's that little uh, bit. And it also shows how he's changed since leaving camp, which yeah. is very important. Yeah. And so, of course, we're reminded of Luke's sword backbiter that can kill both mortals and monsters, which is the hallmark of a bad guy. But, and his you know. scar. Yeah. And, and his scar, of course. Can't forget about that scar. So he tells him to sit. And never when- what, do they ever specify which eye is under? I think it's, hmm, I'm now feeling strongly towards both sides. I, and I, I, feel I like, really can't pick. I feel like every time I see art, it's always the left eye. Mm. But I don't know why. I feel like that, yeah, left eye makes sense, makes sense. Um, yeah, but also I just want to point out that when Luke tells him to sit, he waves his hand and three dining chairs scoot themselves to the center of the room. So Luke has magic? Yeah, it's... <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere and then i don't think it's like ever talked it's about never it addressed it's never addressed it's 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 much like the uh the clawed signal over your heart and pushing it out where it's like it well, comes it up like once times yeah. yeah it comes up once maybe twice and that's it and it just yeah it's just like wait wait, wait what yeah you just give luke <laughs> magic for two seconds no and then- for something like that basic like what like it, this would have changed the course of the books to the whole if Luke actually Unless, like, like this. Does he have invisible servants? Maybe it's like maybe there was like <laughs> a maybe, there, maybe like yeah maybe it was like a traitor or someone else did that and he just yeah. had to like wave his hand to do it. Or or in their blind rage, are Percy and Ameth just so focused on Luke and wanting to murder him they just completely ignore the actual people moving the chairs? Maybe. <laughs> maybe either way luke might have magic now so that's something that will never be brought up again yeah but you know we just want to mention it for now sorry about the spoiler that it's never brought up again but like but it's it's more like it's well because we'll forget about it because again it's never brought up again so we'll just forget but yeah no it's really really weird um so we're just going to skip right over that as far as the story is concerned and focus on the two folks that luke has with them twins but not human eight feet tall only wearing blue jeans because they have these enormous chests that are already covered with shag carpet style thick brown fur 
They have claws and feet like paws and noses are snout like and teeth are all pointed canines. Yeah. Luke, Luke introduced them as Agrius and Aureus. And they're actually kind of cool names. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they're nice. I think they're nice. Um, of course, they're still pointing the javelins at our, our bros. Yeah, true. But, you know, it's all good. And Percy just refers to them as the Bear Twins, which I think is is fun. Um, and Percy has this brief like inner moment where he's imagining all the times that he would meet like imagine what it would be like when he met Luke again, especially after the last time they interacted, Luke was trying to you know, murder him with a scorpion. Yeah. And he would imagine himself standing up to Luke, like ready to fight because he's been training, doing all this stuff. They challenge him to a duel. They'd have a showdown. But now that he's here in the moment, like he says he can barely stop his hands from shaking. He's just so overwhelmed, so freaked out, which like makes sense. Like you were almost murdered by this guy who you thought was your friend. So like that alone it's gonna be very stressful to a person yeah, <laughs> but yeah because again like like he is he's still a kid yeah you know and also and like he, luke's like what 20 now because he was 19 about. yeah so like luke is an adult right and percy is 13 like he's still a child and then you think about the fact that like luke had all that training at camp and the time mm-hmm. on the run with uh percy yeah, and, Talia. and like who knows what he's what he's doing now yeah. and has been doing the last year percy had last summer then he went home and his mom told him he wasn't allowed to practice in his house then he came back to camp had like a couple of days where everyone hated him yeah and now he's on this quest so like it's just yeah. like it's it's, it wouldn't be a fair fight. And also, like, he doesn't need to, like, Percy's kind of thinking about this as a one-on-one situation where it's him versus Luke yeah. and that's it, when it isn't. And Percy needs to understand that. Well, I think it's also just part of his personality of he doesn't want other people to fight his fights, Um, even though you could argue this is more Ambeth's fight. Um, but he also doesn't want his friends to be in danger of something that he could do or that yeah. he thinks he can do himself. You know, like, why risk anyone else getting hurt when it could just be him and Luke? And if he dies, he dies, but at least he's, like, protected his friends, you know? So he's all concerned about this, of course. Meanwhile, Luke is wanting to continue to talk about the Bear Twins and give everyone a little history lesson about them, where their mother was ordered by Aphrodite to fall in love. And she's like, "Mm, no, I'm not about that life and ran off to Artemis and became a huntress. So, you know, not not falling in love with men, very, very important. Like the only rule of being a hunter of Artemis is don't love a dude. And uh, I feel like don't love in general. It, it's, it's a little yeah. vague because- yeah. yeah, it's like, are they just- We'll, we'll get into that later when we actually- yeah. we'll, we'll get into that later when we interact yeah. with hunters. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll be for later. We won't worry about that for now. Um, but of course, Aphrodite, this one made her more upset. So she decided to bewitch the girl into falling in love with a bear. Let's not think about that one too much. Well, so of course, like, it's not like this woman was like consenting to any of it. But Artemis does not care and abandons the girl in disgust. So Luke is using the story to point out how the gods were just toying with this girl and even though she had no control over her situation, she was still abandoned by the one that she went to for help and for protection. And then she unfortunately had these twin boys 
Agrius and Aureus who gloss over yeah, that one yep who you know aren't don't have any love for Olympus and says that they like half-bloods well enough and one of them cuts in for lunch so you know they, they might get eaten right now we'll see eh. we'll see yeah, we <laughs> but just honestly sometimes but if you're, if you're not in danger of being eaten by one monster or another are you even on the quest exactly exactly mm-hmm. yep and so Percy, well, Luke asks Percy if he's like grateful that they let him survive another year. It's like, how is your mom? How was school? It's like, we're not friends, Luke. Don't talk to me. Don't, don't talk. Don't bring Sally into this. I do. I do love the fact that he's just like, you know, we're going to pretend like this is a normal conversation. And everyone else is like, dude, what the fuck? Though I do say that that's like a joke about comparing Harry Potter to Percy Jackson, how like no one cared about Harry's education. Everything was always going down during the school year. But Percy, you know, they let him go to school. They waited until the summer during his free time. Yeah. You know, he got the, I mean, he got expelled from each school, but like he gets to go to it at least. But they didn't, they didn't bother him until the very end. You know, they like, it's like the, the last day. True. Nothing ever happened during the school year. Him getting kicked out was not his own fault, yeah, but not nice. directly because of, of this stuff. Yeah. That is know? Nice. Yeah. Very, very considerate of these villains that are also like mass murderers. Um, but that's fine. And of course, Percy isn't having any of the small talk. It's just immediately Judson, like, you poisoned Thalia's tree. You're a bad guy. And Luke's like, yeah, I did. So what? And of course, Ameth is losing her mind about this, like saying, like, you disrespected Thalia, like she was our friend, and you're like killing what's left of her. And Luke is saying, like, oh no, like if she was alive, she would be on my side. And basically is trying to go after Annabeth, saying, and- like, you think I'm dishonoring Thalia? You're the one hanging out with a cyclops. And we're yeah. like, what? Wait, what? 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 What do you mean? I mean, we knew there was a reason, like. And yes. that's is weird about Cyclops. So I guess like, oh my gosh, now it has something to do with Talia yep. and Luke knows. Yeah. And so now Percy's like, okay, so clearly something happened with Annabeth and Luke and Thalia and a Cyclops, but I don't know what. So we're going to push that aside for now. And like Luke is almost trying to get Annabeth on his side for a moment saying like, if you knew it was coming, you would understand. And the gods have blinded you. Like, can't you imagine a world without them? Like, the West is rotten. Like it has to be destroyed. Like we could use your intelligence and I think come on my side. It's just like, you need my intelligence. Cause you don't have any of your own. Yeah, yeah. Like, such a great comeback. Yeah. And he says that like, she deserves better than to be on this hopeless quest. Like ha- camp apples, we overrun anyway. And like, do you really want to be on a losing team and all this stuff? And so she's like, crying now because like, of Luke going after her in such just a specific way of like bringing up Thalia and trying to use Thalia against her and whatever it was that happened in their shared past yeah and so Percy's trying to redirect it so sort of like give Annabeth a break and then essentially um he says like leave Annabeth out of this leave Tyson out of this because Luke brought in Tyson by by mentioning yeah. the Cyclops history right and Luke's like, oh, I heard your father claimed him. And Percy's like, oh. Uh, how'd you hear that? How, yeah, how'd you, because that happened in camp. How'd you hear about that? And now we know that Luke has a spy 
At least one. Camp. At least one, because he knows about the claiming. He knows about the plan to find the fleece. He knows the coordinates of where the fleece is. 30, 31, 75, 12. Yep, not, never forget those numbers. Because <laughs> um, they're vitally important for regular life outside of this podcast. Um, but yeah, so that's that's super bad. That's Do we want to... I mean, it comes down to the same thing as the Chris Rodriguez situation where you didn't realize, they didn't realize that Luke was like actively recruiting. And yeah, he's mm-hmm. definitely recruiting in camp. There's nowhere else really where he can recruit. Yeah. So like, it makes now sense that he has station spies there um yeah but now of course there's a question of like who who is it i mean right? because like percy because no one had any idea that any of this was going on before luke sort of revealed himself and then yeah. they had no idea that anyone else and was it's also it's an, until they saw saw chris yeah true um and it could be and the problem with this is because percy said those numbers in front of every single person at camp it can yeah. be any one of them yeah he's got to do what taylor swift did right when she realized that friends were leaking stuff where you tell every person a separate detail about your life and see what gets revealed to the public and then you cut those people out get them gone smart (laughs) when in doubt uh wwtd what would taylor do there you go words to live by words to live by Yep. And now, similar to what Kronos was doing by trying to get under Percy's skin and prey on his fears and concerns, Luke, and I was saying, like, how many more insults come from your father can can you stand? Like, do you think he's grateful? Do you think he cares about you any more than he cares about this monster? Saying the gods are only using Percy. And he asks, like, do you have any idea what's in store if you if you reach your 16th birthday? Like, has Chiron even told you about the prophecy? Wait, what? So, yeah, yeah. So now Percy's like, um, like, I knew there was something. New part of it was about me. But if, if I reach 16? And now he's got, like, a date. Like, something yeah. at 16. And it's, and it's, yeah. if it's something about Percy specifically, that's, that's like, you know, like, oh, my God. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So this is like he's just really trying to throw everyone sort of like off balance, get them all to freak out so they can't really formulate a plan and really do anything right now because they're just all so stressed out. Yeah. And so Percy tries to shrug it off in the moment. He's like, I already know what I need to know, like who my enemies are. <laughs> That's a cool line. It almost like it feels like it's very separate. It almost gives me vibes of like Claire from The Bachelorette saying like men like, like that. that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like it has it has a similar energy. That's it, you know what it reminds me. It, it makes me think of like it's a trailer line. It's a line that they're gonna put in the trailer. Yeah, and then when it shows from the show, you're gonna be like, yes. oh, that's a little weird. But like yeah. in the moment in the trailer, it's gonna look so cool. Like I know yeah. what I need to know. Like who my enemies are. You know, like. Mm-hmm yeah it's 12 year old so it won't sound like that like yeah and then luke's like well then you're a fool and tyson comes out he's like percy's not a fool and he like is breaking chairs he rushes at luke and is ready to like punch a hole like through luke's whole body um but then unfortunately he gets grabbed by the bear twins and they block him. And Luke says, like, oh, looks like like these two together, they're more than a match for you, Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then Percy tries to bring up that Hermes sent them. It's like, hey, your dad sent us. So like maybe be a little chill and like let, let's talk. And that's and I, only- I, I like the fact that Percy was like holding on to this information until right now. He was like, yeah. oh no. Yeah, like, he's gonna hurt Tyson. I need to do something. Let me tell him. Yeah. Um Luke yeah. Well, because well, because at first, um, like they knew that they were eventually probably going to run into Luke somewhere along the way. But it's the fact that this boat that they thought was just a random ship that Hermes just like redirected for them, it's Luke's ship. Yeah. Right. So like that means a lot. That means that he sent them directly to run to Luke's path immediately to be able to talk to him. And like sent sent them to find him. He's like, I, no. I I truly want to believe that in his own weird way he cares about Luke. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he's like, oh no, it's my kid about to re- destroy the world. <sighs> Gotta get under control, or all the gods are gonna make fun of me. Or it could be that. <laughs> yep. yep. And of course, this line makes Luke more upset, saying that Hermes abandoned him. He wants to be destroyed. Every throne crushed. You know, same old, same old. It's like, and you could tell Hermes, it's going to happen. I'm coming for all of them. And he says, like, every time a half-blood joins us, Olympus grows weaker and we get stronger. He gets stronger, pointing to the sarcophagus. And it's like, wait, what? Why, why are we and using then, pronouns for the cost? And then, the and then Percy puts it together. And Luke's like, he's reforming little by little. We're calling his life force out of the pit. Every time we get a new recruit, every new pledge, another piece appears. And Annabeth tries to. I'm just, I, how do the, how do the pieces appear? Like, is it just like all of a sudden, like, like a little bit of flesh just like starts oh. flying into it or like. I, I, he, I like his priority very... over which body parts go first. Like, do you think he's like saving like his eyes for last? That way, like he can still. So he doesn't, isn't just like blind down and Tartarus. Like, mm. I also want to know about is it by layers or is it like feet up, head down? Like, are we starting with like the skeleton, the nervous system, muscle layers? Like, or is it fault? You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And then I want to know about the order the, of, of reforming or is it just by cell? Did they have to custom make this casket also? Like, Probably. do you think they found it and it was, like, for this purpose? Or do you think they were <laughs> to go out and, like, get it? And Luke was like, no, 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 no. We need the gold one. Yes, this is what I want engraved on it. <laughs> they look at different, like, swatches. Yeah. Samples. Cronus is like, what's the holdup? And, yeah, Cronus is like, what's the holdup? And Luke is like, um, that, well, unfortunately, the metal we want is on back order. So, or like, like, we couldn't decide between the interior having subway tiles or herringbone. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean... I can just see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, how how large is a piece? Yeah, because well, how what many constitutes a piece? Yeah. Uh, we probably shouldn't think about this too much. It's going to get gross. Um, and speaking of getting gross, Annabeth says, that's disgusting. To which Luke immediately pounces by saying, "Um, your mother was formed from Zeus's split skull, so don't even talk to me about gross. I, I do like that. Such a <laughs> like funny random moment, and it's so so good. Yep. So he also says the phrase, soon there will be enough of the Titan Lord so that we can make him whole again. Which means like, does that mean they're just going for like 75% and then they're just gonna like slap some like like is it is it Darth it? Vader vibes? Of where he has like the the core is still like human and like, everything else is robot. Ooh, maybe. Oh, I got questions. Yeah. 
like like end of the prequels like let's just slap some metal on there he'll be good to go exactly yep (laughs) so yeah again like luke's still trying to get them on board saying like Percy, his his mother will never have to work again. She can have a mansion. They'll have protection. Ambeth can be an architect. She can build a temple to the lords of the next age. And all she can say is, go to Tartarus. Be with your one true love, Kronos. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) And so he decides, like, okay, if you're not going to join me, I guess I'll just, you know, feed you to the Draken that was mentioned earlier on the side as, you know, a plot point. And so he sends Aureus to take our trio down, keeping Agrius behind. And so as they're heading down, Luke, well, Percy thinks about what Luke said of how the twins together would be a match for Tyson's strength, but separately. Yeah, because Luke is, and I find this so stupid because Luke is the one that points it out that yeah. both of them together are a match, yet he's the one who only sends one of the yeah. uh, bear people w- down with them. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just confidence or not thinking yeah. like he's got, he's got a lot on his plate right now. You know, you yeah. can't expect, he needs an assistant. You can't expect him to keep track of everything. True. Yep, so Tyson decides he's going to save the group. He fights Aureus, knocks him back 30 feet with just one big smack. The Taurus family shows up again, and they are not having a blast in the pool anymore, let me tell you. I love that. And so one of the guards starts to run for an alarm box, and unfortunately, he sets off the alarm before Percy can stop him. So now Percy also decides to hit him on the head with a deck chair. Maybe he was already swinging to try and knock him down. And so by the time the guy like hit the button, Percy was already in motion so he couldn't stop it. So like, well, no, I'm no, I, anyway. that, that's, that's the part I'm okay with. I'm more like finding it funny that Percy was like, oh, I need to attack this dude. Um, and I mean, he's immortal. So I don't want to like, use, I can't use my sword. So let me just pick up this deck chair. It's what he had. He's resourceful. Yeah, he but it's like, I feel face. like, I feel like deck chairs are usually heavy. So I'm just like little tiny Percy like struggling to hold this yeah i don't know i don't know so they all jump into a lifeboat and percy slashes all the ropes because i can't figure out how to deploy it and now they're just falling in the lifeboat toward the ocean yes there you go um (laughs) that's the chapter yeah the the ending unfortunately reminds me of did you ever watch sweet life on deck yes do you remember the episode where they get a uh, they go onto the lifeboat and then they end up like uh, lost at sea and they end up on an island? Kind of, yeah. The the lifeboat scene reminds me of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that was chapter nine. Yeah. Uh, we have I have the worst family reunion ever, and it, it really was a very bad family reunion. Yeah. Well, I mean, Luke was using some past trauma of Ambus to really get under her skin. He is trying to psych out Percy by revealing all these secrets that everyone's holding from him. And we learned that they're actively trying to reform Kronos, whatever that fully means, however you want to interpret that. Like, there's some bad stuff going on. Um, one thing that we didn't mention is at one point, Luke says that they have powerful friends, sponsors rich enough to buy this cruise ship and much much more which is how he's able to like sort of bribe people but it's interesting when you think about that of like 
that those are probably demigods who knew or know they're demigods, but managed to find a life for themselves outside of uh, Camp yeah. Half-Blood. And it's interesting or is it you, monsters that have hidden themselves within the world and got a lot of money? Like or, how Medusa had her, had her shop, but like if it was on a larger scale. Yes. So yeah, so uh, those are those are definitely interesting. But it's interesting theories to think about like either demigods or monsters existing within the mortal world enough where they can afford to buy a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah. But that's really cool. But you know, stick around uh, for next week where we will read chapter 10. We hitch a ride with dead Confederates. Oh that's no. Fun. Uh, so thank you so Ugh. much for listening. Uh, as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. It's Lachlan again. Thanks for listening to another episode of We Accidentally Vaporize Our Podcast. Lauren told me to tell you to follow our one and only social media account at Accidentally Vaporized Pod on Instagram to get updates about when we post a new episode, to learn more about Lauren and I, and anything else we might come up with. See you there soon.